Welcome to Love, Lead, Listen, a podcast from Alpha Gamma Delta. I'm your host, Emily Bice. Join us as we discuss topics that affect women of today and examine the ways that we can be women with purpose. Welcome back to Love, Lead, Listen. Today we have two guests. It is Natalie Brewster, the Director of Fraternity and Sorority Affairs at Bucknell University, and Caitlin Dobson, the Director of New Student Services at the University of Wisconsin Parkside. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks. So happy to have y'all. So one of your big things that you like to talk about is feminism, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And there's some people that would argue that in an age where women are more empowered than ever, we don't really need feminism. What are your thoughts on that? I think what the question gets at is choice feminism. So we use Ron Swanson as the example because we love parks and recreation. (laughs) But there's an episode where he wins Indiana Woman of the Year. And they're like, well, you can't be Indiana Woman of the Year. That's not the attitude of an award winner. And he's like, it is the attitude of an award winner because I have won an award and it is my attitude. So choice feminism. So like not every choice you make because you are a woman makes it a feminist choice. So what does that actually mean and how does that impact our communities? But I would argue that feminism is more important than ever. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I would, uh, you know, obviously agree (laughs) um, with Natalie. But I think also, too, one of the things we talk about is the word empowered itself. So we talk about that a lot and how that word is just everywhere. You know, we talk about empowered women and empowered women and you're making empowered choices, but we keep using that word and it's losing its meaning. And so I think we, what we try to talk about is, you know, it's great that we want to lift everybody up. That's, that's what we're supposed to do. You know, as sorority women, you know, we're supposed to lift up our members. We're supposed to lift up other sorority women, but how else, you know, how can, else can we describe that? You know, can we describe ourselves as brave? Can we describe our, describe ourselves as courageous, as confident, as intelligent? intelligent. You know, why are we sticking with this gendered word empowerment? Because you don't hear about males being empowered. It's always females being empowered. So how can we talk a little bit more about the words that we're using and the impact that they're having? Because, you know, for us, at least for empowerment, the word itself doesn't really mean much anymore because it's everywhere. Empowerment comes from a place of you don't have any power whatsoever. And that's not necessarily the case anymore, right? Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too, you know, we like to joke, there's a, a great article in the onion, which is one of our <laughs> favorite uh, websites um, that talks about how, you know, women is empowered by everything she does. So, you know, you can talk about like, well, I'm empowered to wear lipstick today, or I'm empowered not to wear lipstick, or I'm empowered to go to the gym, or I'm empowered to hit the snooze button and not go to the gym. So I think for us, we just really like to kind of focus in on like, yes, it's great that you want to empower others, but how can we do it authentically? And that's really for us kind of what we like to talk about with with women. So you say authentic empowerment and using words other than that. What is authentic empowerment? Yeah. So one of the things we we like to hit on um, is the concept of empowertizing versus actual empowerment. So the example we like to use, we show the Dove True Beauty campaign. But the Dove True Beauty campaign, if you watch the video, there's, they're trying to sell you soap. So they don't really care if you're actually empowered. They're trying to sell the idea that by using our soap, you will be an empowered person. What does that even mean? And if you look at the source, Dove's parent company, 
owns or at one time owned um, a company in Southeast Asia that was selling skin lightening cream to women in Southeast Asia. So they're telling American women, you're beautiful the way you are. They're telling women in other parts of the world, you would be more beautiful if you would buy our product. So it's it's not authentic. Um, so one of the things we really harp on is if you're going to say that you're empowering women or that your organization is here to empower women, you really need to look at the messages you're sending to people and the congruence between what you're saying and what you're actually doing. The women this morning had a lot of feelings about uh, Instagram accounts from their national organizations, because if you look at the pictures that people are posting, they all look like shampoo models and they're these beautiful girls with perfect hair and they're always holding hands and like open laugh, smiling at each other. And that's not always real. And so I think that resonates with the college students now of this is not what it necessarily means to be empowered or be part of our organization. We can share what it actually means. And that's a more authentic way of empowering people. And I think too, one of the things we talk about is, you know, we use the word empowered, but we really mean feminist and talking about how our organizations are feminist organizations, but we sometimes don't want to put that label on it because we think that that might scare people away or that might stop people from wanting to join a sorority when really, you know, all of our organizations were founded out of, you know, feminist ideals and values. Yeah. there. I mean, a, a Panhellenic on a campus is the biggest organization on just about any campus that exists to advocate for rights and education for women. And that's a feminist idea. So, yeah. So really in all of these organizations as sororities or groups of women that are advocating for women, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some ways if you're looking like at yourself and you're saying, okay, this is my Instagram and I feel like I'm empowering other women. But if you're trying to like truly look at what you're doing, what are some ways for you to identify when you are empowertizing instead? Um, We asked the same question of our women today in our session. One of them had a good example from a a student leader perspective, but their panel and I had a women's empowerment week and they were also excited. They were supposed to post pictures in these t-shirts that say empowered women, empower women, which on its own is a great idea. It's not I wouldn't consider that to be inauthentic. And empowertizing is not something we made up. Andy Zeisler writes about it in her book, We Were Feminists Once, which is I would highly recommend. Yes, um, we do not claim to be experts. <laughs> we are not as smart as Andy Zeisler. So, but they were talking about those those shirts. And so on its face, it was totally a fine idea. But what it turned into was who can sell the most shirts, who's going to buy the most shirts. This chapter is going to win Empowerment Week. And like, when you think about winning Empowerment Week, like, what is that? That doesn't make any sense. Don't we sense. all win? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we should all win Empowerment Week. So, yeah, I think that we we turn it into weird things, especially as student leaders. But I think for us, like, posting about your authentic self is what makes it empowering for other people. So not saying that that we are perfect or that what we're doing is perfect, but just being honest and open and authentic about it. Kind of what I think our definition of empowerment would be is just challenging people to be the best version of themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, one of the things we talk about a lot in our presentations is, you know, our point of view, we're both white cisgendered women and we are in organizations, you know, in um, panhellenic you know, sororities. And so something that we also talk about a lot too is, you know, how are you using your influence on campus for other you know, organizations, you know, or how are you working with other organizations on campus that are not in Panhellenic, that are maybe in NPHC or in MGC? You know, how, how are you helping to spread that message or how are you helping to be a good partner in that too? You know, because it's not just, you know, white women, right, that that need to be empowered or, you know, whatever word we want to use. It's, it's all women. And we want to make sure that we're including all women in those conversations. 
I think that's something that translates even after college as well of I feel like in college you're in these kind of almost pods and it's really easy to say oh this is the pod we should interact with for diversity and inclusion reasons but are we really doing it for the right reasons to empower other women or use those other words that you're saying instead of empowering Yeah. And I mean, I think we tell people, you know, you don't have to be the Beyonce of this issue. You can be the Michelle and you should be the Michelle. So (laughs) instead of being right out front and center, let's give our platform to someone else for a minute and let them be able to share their own perspective and their own story and their own words. We don't need to be doing it for them. But if you have the privilege to have the platform, then you should have the common sense to get off the platform and let someone else step up onto it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good message. I think everyone has a voice and you need to know when to have that voice, but also when to share the voice. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So looking beyond college years, so we do a lot of that empowerment work or empowertizing work on college campuses, but even after you graduate and you're out in the real world, how do you recognize empowertizement? For me, the Dove thing I never even realized that. And I was one of those people I was like, yes, go Dove, like fantastic. But how do you recognize that? Yeah, I, I think what we try to impart is that, you know, I mean, it's just being media kind of literate about things and thinking critically about things. Because I love the Dove campaign when it first came out. I oh, like, for thought sure. it was yeah. like, this great thing. And the like the always like a girl commercial makes me like cry a little. Like it's this whole like thing. <laughs> um, but I think just remembering at the end of the day, like these are companies that have an interest in selling you something. They want you to feel empowered by buying their product, which is not authentic empowerment. So I think being able to use that lens, uh, you know, consider the source, consider what their motives are. Make sure that you if you're making any kind of like want to say investment because I don't spend all this time researching every single like purchase I ever make but like doing your best to be a good steward of those types of things too yeah no I would agree I think it's all just about your own knowledge and wanting to expand your own knowledge and I think for us too you know we definitely I mean we're both in our 30s so we definitely like in our 20s I don't think we're very conscious of some of that either I mean we met when we were in mid-20s and so I don't think we were very conscious of that and I think we just continue to educate ourselves too you know um you know listening to podcasts and um reading books like the one um by Andy Zeisler and other literature just I think that kind of helps bring it to the forefront a little bit more too. So, and like I said, we both said, we're not experts. We're not perfect by any means. Um, but I think we try to be a little bit better every day. So kind of looking back at this culture of empowerment that we're in, what are some words that we can use instead of empowerment? Cause we talked about that a little earlier. Of, yeah. We're really not meaning empower anymore. We're, it's kind of almost like we need to open the thesaurus again. Right. Absolutely. One of the things too, that we've talked about before is why can't we just use the word powerful? Like, why do I have to put, you know, the EM in front of it? Like, it's almost apologetic, I think, to yeah. just call everything empowerment. Because like Caitlin said earlier, it, it is very gendered. Like, we don't have men's empowerment week or men's empowerment events or like men's empowerment meetups. They're not wearing shirts that say like men empower other men. Um, they just own power. Like, that's what they own. And so I think women, I don't know if, if as a group, we're afraid. I don't want to like armchair analyze all of us, but if we're like afraid to own power or we're afraid to be powerful, but yeah, I think powerful is better than, yeah. than empowerment. Mm-hmm. And like as a woman, when they have thought of saying, oh, I am powerful, that like sounds so aggressive and like, yeah. right, right. It's like, whoa, when I like take a step back, but mm-hmm. is there a reason like why that's my reaction? 
Yeah. Well, and I think that's why, right? Is because gendered. it's gendered. And I think too, it's like, oh, a woman, if they, she describes herself as pow- as powerful, you know, you picture somebody who, who could be aggressive, like right away. Right. And we've learned, you know, we've been learning our whole lives that aggression is bad and, you know, that we have to be, you know, people pleasers. When we were talking to students earlier this morning, we asked them sort of that question, like, why are we right. afraid? What are we afraid to say? Like we keep saying empowerment and now it's like, oh, look how cute Panhellenic doing an empowerment week. But like, what are we, what do we mean? And why are we afraid to say it? And one of the students went through a whole list of things they would be called by men in the community. Assertive. Assertive. (laughs) Yes. And like, we've been taught that being assertive is a bad thing and it's not, you know, knowing what you want isn't a bad thing. And as women, if we know what we want, like we shouldn't be afraid to talk about that and we shouldn't be afraid to communicate those ideas to other people. Absolutely. So using these words, other than empowerment that kind of gives women back their power or gives them power that maybe we don't conceive ourselves having. Yeah. It it makes, I think using something besides empowerment makes it feel like you're not like apologizing for having the power or you're not apologizing for taking up the space. Like you're just stating a fact, like I am powerful and I have power. Yeah. I think it makes it, it more of like a strong statement. Yeah. It's one of those things where if we don't say it, who will? Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I think that was one of the things that we kind of challenged was to think of other words to use, you know, like brave or, you know, courageous or things like that, that you might not, you you might not think of using because you just hear empowered all the time. And so it's just in your vernacular, but you know, how can we really say what we mean? That's so interesting to me. Just the concept of these words that we use and we think that might give us power. They don't necessarily do that all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So kind of thinking in this concept of giving each other power and standing up for other women, what are some ways that we can do that and advocate for each other? I think a lot of it starts with kind of questioning why we're doing what we're doing. That's one of the things we challenge them on. So one of the quotes I really love is it's from Catelyn Moran, who's an English comedian and author. Um, But hers is, if are the men doing it? If not, it's BS, right? If the men are not, if this is something you're asking us to do, but the men are not being asked to do, then this is BS and you should not have to do it. It's the patriarchy. So we should (laughs) to apply that in the same way. So if you feel like you need to say empowerment, but your male colleague does not feel the need to say empowerment, then you should not feel required to preface it as empowerment. Call it what you want to call it. I think looking out for other women too is important. So like be an advocate for yourself, but also be an advocate for the other women in the room. And I think some of it too is engaging, like, especially if I'm like a workplace, engaging your male colleagues, because there are things that they may do that are gendered behaviors that they're probably not even aware that they do. So just making them aware of microaggressions and things like that, helping to educate them a little. Yeah. It's important too. Yeah. No, I would, I would echo that too. I think like you said, being able to have kind of like that space with other female colleagues um, or those who identify as female is really important because, you know, you're the only ones that know what it's like to be a female in, in that space. Mm -hmm. So being able to share that experience, I think is important and being able to be open into building some of those relationships, you know, in your first job, you know, it can be hard, right. But being willing to put yourself out there and um, create those relationships can be so important to your success in your role. Yeah. It's kind of like having the power to say that. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And I mean, I think too, as you kind of progress in your job and in your career and kind of your after college life, making sure that you're turning around and helping the women behind you too. So reaching back and mentoring younger women and being a contact for them, if it's this is a sorority podcast. So if you're reaching out to collegiate women as a young alum and just saying, here's some advice I wish I would have had two, even two years ago, I think can be something that makes a difference. Yeah. And I think that's the whole, honestly, for us, I think that's our whole, our whole thing is that we want to, you know, tell these younger women what we wish somebody maybe would have told us while we were in college. Yeah. I I think reflection also, not to just keep listing out things, but one of the things we also share with students like Caitlin said, we are both members of MPC sororities, so we're taking it from an MPC perspective. But our founders' hearts were in the right place. The execution was off. So all of these things are originally meant for white, Christian, straight, cisgendered women. Um, and that's not what the world looked. It did, the world didn't look like that then either, but that's not what it looks like, especially now. And so making sure that we're being critical of our you know, institutions that already exist and asking those questions and thinking about how can we make this more inclusive, I think is important too. Yeah, I think that's a really good point of, you know, a lot of the organizations that we're in now, they weren't created for the world we're in today or the people that were in the world then fully. Right. Mm -hmm. And being aware of there are different people out there than white cisgendered women. There's all sorts of people and we need to be mindful of those women and making sure that they feel the power that's within them as well. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Mm hmm. So kind of going back to that reaching back aspect, what are some ways that you found or you've seen in your experiences of women reaching back that have been effective? I know in my own experience, um, it's just been volunteering time, not only, you know, with my own national organization, but with other national organizations, too, to be able to, you know, facilitate or lead, um, you know, a session or some sort of conference, um, or even if it's just with my own chapter and being able to, um, you know, I'm fortunate enough to live within a driving distance of my own undergraduate chapter. So being able to provide anything that they may need to, I think it's just, you need to take a responsibility upon yourself, right? We all say our, our membership is for life. It's not for four years, it's for life. So I think you need to just take that ownership and that responsibility upon yourself to be able to kind of reach back and say, I'm in this position now, you know, in my career, or in my life, and I can dedicate this time or I can dedicate, you know, maybe an amount of money or something like that to this organization that's given me so much. So how can I, you know, give back in that aspect? And so I know for me, it's been that volunteering um, in different roles um, within my national organization and then other two just different organizations outside of my my national organization as well. I think also really important and also too in your local community. You know, it doesn't have to necessarily be with your sorority, you know, right? It can be with younger women, you know, um, through different community agencies as well. Yeah. I mean, I volunteered for my national organization too. I'm, I'm currently serving as a chapter recruitment advisor. And I think it's great if you have the time to do that. But sometimes I feel like people think that's the only way to like be able to, to reach back. And like Caitlin and I both professionally are student affairs people. So like we can make that work. But even if it's as simple as I work at this company, we have a summer intern program. I'm going to email the chapter that I was a member of and say, hey, we have this summer intern program, pass this along to sisters. Like even if it's just reaching back and sharing opportunities or sharing information, like that can also be just as impactful for someone. 
Yeah, where it doesn't have to be like this huge part of your life, right? Like it can be for sure. If that's what if that's what you want it to be, that's awesome. But I know, you know, I think the biggest thing everybody hears talks about is there's not enough time. There's not enough time. You know, it, it's just little things like Natalie said that you can just work in to make that that impact that you might not even know may make an impact on someone. Well, especially as we look at being our own stewards and like making sure that we are being part of the solution. I think it's important to look at how can I take the time, whether that's five minutes to send an email or, you know, five bucks from Starbucks, that sort of thing. So it it doesn't always have to be time. It can also be a monetary contribution to a local charity. And I like when you pointed out that it doesn't have to be international or a big thing. It can be your local community because that can make a huge impact, too. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Going back into this, like, empowerment thinking, if you're a woman that's kind of out there and you're a new professional and you're like, oh crap, like I need to stop saying like empowerment or maybe not say stop saying empowerment, but you're trying to think of new ways of expressing yourselves. How would you go about helping that woman identify new ways to identify herself? So the first thing I would tell anyone, especially like new grads or people that are in a new work environment is to find someone in that work environment who is older than you has been there a little bit longer and get them to be your mentor. Like get them to kind of, it doesn't have to be like, I know when we say like mentor, people think it's this like formal situation. It doesn't have to be like you ask them, will you be my mentor? But just like learn from them, Mm -hmm. get coffee with them, grab lunch with them, see what they have to share. I think that's super vital, especially if you're in a new like working environment. So like they might have an idea of the company culture um, or know some of the nuanced things about the company culture that maybe you don't know yet or wouldn't pick up on right away. So it kind of gets you on even footing with everyone else. And I think some of it is once you have identified those allies in your workplace, kind of having them help give you some like realistic feedback. So what are things you're doing that maybe are like getting in your own way, like then, then being open to receiving some of that criticism. I think that's difficult, but yeah, I think finding someone that can mentor you and kind of give that feedback is important. I also think too, it's just always thinking about the message. What are you, what are you really trying to say? You know, are you, are you trying to say that someone's intelligent? Are you trying to say that someone is knowledgeable? Are you trying to say that somebody is confident? I think it's really just thinking about what are you really trying to say? And don't water down that message. Use the word that you mean to use, I think is really what it what it kind of boils down to. If, you know, somebody's thinking about, well, I don't, you know, I, I say this word a lot or, you know, I'm thinking like, oh, you know, we hear this all the time and it doesn't really mean anything. OK, well, then what message are you really trying to say? And, and how can you incorporate, you know, some new words into your vocabulary and, you know, use those those words that what you're really meaning? Say what you mean to say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Mm hmm. Now we're at the point in our podcast where we like to ask our guests a question, which is, what is your purpose? So we're both higher ed administrators. I still work fraternity and sorority life. Caitlin recently transitioned over to another area. But in my work within fraternity and sorority life, I think my purpose is to make it, I view fraternity and sorority life as kind of a premier leadership opportunity. So when you join a fraternity or a sorority, you are promising at your own personal time and expense to have more rules applied to you because you think at the end of that process, it's going to make you a better person. And so that's how I view fraternity and sorority life. I know that is not how everyone views it. And that's certainly not like the national narrative. Um, But I think that my purpose is helping people to see it in that way. And then working with students to remove barriers to make that an inclusive opportunity for all students. 
Yeah, I would say for me, I know I was, you know, I'm a first generation college student. And so um, college for me was such a learning experience. And I learned so much about myself. And I think really kind of stepped into the person that I've always wanted to be at that time. And so for me, especially, you know, I work right now currently in orientation and first year programs. And so um, a lot of my job, I find my purpose in helping students make the best of their time in college. You know, for me, it was the best well, not four, five, sorry, mom, um, five years <laughs> um, of, of my life. Um, and I enjoyed it so much. You know, they basically had to ask me to leave, I feel like. But I think it's just really all about help for me. It's just helping them take advantage of the resources that they have on their campus, all the things that they can get involved in, the ways that they can just, you know, you can try things out in college. If you don't like it, then you don't going to do it again. You know, it's just like all these things that are at your fingertips that you don't even realize. And then it happens so fast and then you're gone and then you can't do it again. So for me, it's all about helping students really make the most of that time in college. And yes, you're, you want to get that degree. That's why you're there, you know, but also too, like, you can, there's so much you can do to to build upon yourself in so many different ways that you can um, really learn more about yourself. And for me, that's just one of the really fun and exciting things that I get to do and, you know, helping students acclimate to college and sharing with them how great that experience is going to be and how life changing it's going to be. And also to then being able to train student leaders and help them as well, you know, um, be ambassadors for the campus and increase their confidence and leadership skills. So. I think for me, that's really my purpose is just helping students enjoy their college experience and um, to not be afraid to try new things and grow because that's what that time is there for. I just thought back through my answer and then I listened to all of Caitlin's answers. And I think that <laughs> I think that our kind of group answer is that our purposes are to just challenge people to be the best versions of themselves that they can be, which yeah. is also our definition of empowerment. Maybe Full circle. Go. There we go. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you for sharing. Those are both just so impactful and really very inspiring as well. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. If anyone wants to get more of Caitlin and Natalie, where would they go? Yeah. Um, so you can follow me on Instagram if you'd like. Um, my Instagram is at Caitlin Gets Courageous. I'm currently documenting um, my health journey and, and fitness journey. So there's not a whole lot of, you know, fraternity or sorority life talk that happens on it. Um, but there is a whole lot of authenticness that happens. So please feel free to reach out and I'm, I'm happy to chat with anybody. Yeah, I'm not super on social media, but my Instagram is at Brewster and 10. But, you know, Natalie's always willing to get an email or something like that. You can always reach her at her Bucknell email and she'll always hitch back. Well, thank you again so much for being here today. It was really great to have you and talk all about empowerment versus empowertizement and everything in between. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Love, Lead, Listen is recorded and produced at Alpha Gamma Delta International Headquarters and is generously funded by the Alpha Gamma Delta Foundation. Episodes are released every two weeks, so make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts so you don't miss out on any of our episodes. If you like this show, make sure to rate us five stars on iTunes, and don't forget to share it with your friends. If you have an idea for a future episode or any other feedback, send us an email at podcast at alphagammadelta.org. I'm your host, Emily Weiss, and that's all for today. See you next time.